the leader of the Ontario Liberal Party, making some headlines of his own the past few days. So let's welcome in Ontario Liberal leader Stephen Del Duca, who joins us here on Global News Radio. Mr. Del Duca, good afternoon. Nice to have you back on with us. Great to be back, Jeff. Thanks so much. All right. Before we get to this uh, four-day work week that you're promising, I wanted to get your take on the digital vaccine passport, if we could, and its rollout over the weekend. Uh, Are you seeing it as a success? I think that I th- look. I think it's welcome. It's welcome news that we've got the QR uh, code uh, set up for the passport or for the certificate. You know, it, it's a little disappointing that here we are halfway through, give or take. Uh, well, no, now more than halfway through October, and it's taken to this point to get something up and running and to start getting it out the door. Um, you know, better late than never, I suppose. I just had really hoped earlier in the summer when I first called for a certificate that we would have had one in place, that the planning on this would have been started months ago. So a little bit late, uh, a little bit, I'll say, half-hearted from Doug Ford, but better late than never. I hope the rollout is smooth. I hope people get it. I hope they use it, and I hope it helps us get through this pandemic. And speaking of getting through the pandemic, uh, what do you think of where the province is right now when it comes to the fourth wave? Because by many metrics and many measures, we seem to have uh, weathered the fourth wave fairly well. Yeah, I'm, I'm knocking on wood as you say that, because like you, Jeff, I, and like everyone in this province, I really want to get COVID-19, generally speaking, in the rearview mirror as a pandemic that's just turned everything upside down and exhausted everybody in the province. So I am encouraged that the numbers seem to be going down slowly and that we seem to be holding steady, that our healthcare system doesn't seem to be overrun at this point in time. I think it turned out to be worse than it needed to be because of decisions or indecision on the part of Doug Ford at multiple times during this pandemic, but I just want us to get through to the other side. And would you like to see capacity limits raised for restaurants and gyms sometime soon, Mr. Del Duca? We talked about that quite a bit, obviously, late last week and uh, on our show in depth on uh, Friday. We had Dr. Uni uh, on with us, and there's been many business owners uh, calling to this program that we've uh, interviewed kind of left sort of scratching their heads that uh, we're seeing 18,000 a night at the Scotiabank Arena for a professional hockey game, yet they still have got capacity limits in their smaller restaurants. Yeah, I've, I've said throughout the pandemic that the Premier and the government should be listening to the science table and listening to the, the best medical advice, and that's what they should be doing. I will say, though, having watched some of the Leaf games so far on television and other sporting events, it does seem really bizarre to me that there are that many women and men sitting close together masks off because they're eating or drinking and i just you know i think it's it doesn't make a lot of sense to me so i i would like to see our restaurants and other facilities other businesses that have been battered so horribly in this pandemic get a bit of a lifeline sooner rather than later all right since we're speaking of businesses and uh, work in general uh, you made some headlines as i mentioned off the top by uh, promising if elected a liberal government would support a transition to basically a four-day work week uh, here in the province tell us a bit about it and why this appeals to you well you know what i promised yesterday when speaking to our annual convention was that if elected next spring ontario liberals would bring in a pilot project we'd launch a pilot project to examine the potential benefits of a four-day work week. Other parts of the world, New Zealand, Iceland, Scotland, Spain, have kind of kicked the tires on this, Jeff, and I think it's something that, as a concept, might have merit. So I want the evidence. I want the facts. I want us to look at it and, and decide whether or not it makes sense here for this province and for the workers of this province, because work-life balance doesn't exist anymore. And our mental health challenges, because of the pandemic, are off the charts. 
I want people to be able to recapture that quality of life that you're supposed to have. Because as I said yesterday, we are here on this planet. We work so we can live. We don't live to work. And I think we have to discover how to do that properly. Okay, so what does a four-day work week, conceptually, what does that look like uh, to you, to a uh, potential uh, liberal government? Is that 10 hours a day for four days a week, and then you can choose to have either Friday or, or Monday off? Do people's paychecks uh, stay the same? Uh, what are kind of the, some of the details? Yeah, so there are different ways that different places around the world have looked at it. There, By the way, there are also private sector companies here in Ontario and in other parts of Canada that have taken this on themselves. They've decided to examine and see how it would work with their particular kind of business or type of business. So the most conventional way would be to take, you know, as you pointed out, the same number of hours in a given week and compress them into four days versus five. There are some people who look at shifting the number of hours, perhaps reducing it, and therefore reducing compensation. And others still have even gone as far, private business owners have even gone as far as to say, we're going to drop the total number of hours down to 36 versus 40 or 32 versus 40 and keep compensation opportunities roughly the same to see if we can spike productivity. And that's the way that they're doing it. The really cool thing about a pilot is that we don't start off necessarily with a predetermined outcome or destination. We, we take a look at multiple modes, multiple options, private sector, public sector, big business, small business, and figure out, does it work? Does it have merit? Does it not? And then we make a responsible decision based on that information. Hey, is this something, Mr. Del Duca, that government can mandate, though? I mean, if the pilot project is a success, is this something that, uh, I mean, could be written into law? Or is this just something that uh, your government might simply a favor if the pilot project's, again, a success? Or is it something that government could incentivize business to do? Yeah, I think, I think the options are there to do it either way or perhaps in a different way that we're not even thinking about right now. And that, to me, you know, that would be the second, the second part of this kind of undertaking around implementation. If the pilot itself says the idea has merit, well, how best do we implement it? Whether it's across the board, whether it's in certain sectors only, whether it's in certain kinds of businesses. You know, I suspect, and this is just me as a layperson, I, I suspect it wouldn't work the same and every type of business based on how that business does its scheduling. But I'm not an expert in this area, and I don't, I don't have the knowledge to know for sure, which is why I want us to do the pilot, kick the tires on it, and then make that informed decision. You mentioned work-life balance, and that's obviously obviously, sorry, a discussion that many of us have been having and I think has come to the forefront due to the uh, pandemic. And when you're trying to strike and find that balance, obviously it's different for every individual and every different employee. And just uh, wondering if, you know, work from home maybe works uh, a little better for some rather than a uh, four-day uh, work week. Uh, where do you stand on that when it comes to allowing people to continue to work uh, from their home if that's uh, working for them? Because, as you well know, that's also subject of a lot of uh, debate here, particularly the last couple of months. And we look at a return to some kind of a normal and maybe to the uh, office and workplace. Look, I think that's a really important part of the conversation. But I will also say, Jeff, I know lots of people who have been lucky, if I can put it that way, during the pandemic because they haven't lost their jobs, they haven't lost their businesses, they've been able to work from home. But I also know a lot of those same people who are now working more hours because they're working from home. So they're not stuck in traffic or in congestion or whatever it is traveling to and from work. And, you know, a Zoom call or a Teams call or whatever it is, it's just, it, it's just a click of the mouse away. And so I think that's, if you've kept your job, obviously that's a good thing. But if you were working 40 hours before and now you're working 60, 
that means less time with your family. And that means less time, again, trying to find that work-life balance. It's probably had a bad impact on your mental health. This is the stuff that I want us to avoid. If our workforce is burnt out, if young women and men don't have any desire to work in this province because uh, to work here, like to choose to work here because they can't have a meaningful career and still have that quality of life, guess what? That's bad for business and that's bad for our economy and that's not good for sustained productivity and that's what I want us to get in this province. So I want us to look at it. I don't come to this with any preconceived notions. I don't know what the outcome will be, but I'm prepared as a leader to say, let's look at it and then make the right decision. So I mentioned it certainly did grab or garner some uh, headlines when this announcement uh, was made by you and the party uh, yesterday. And speaking of jobs, you're looking for a new one in the spring. Would like to be the premier of this uh, province. Uh, the election is still some time away, uh, spring of uh, next year. But are you in the party or are you in campaign mode already? Well, I, you know, I, I, I guess some people can call it campaign mode. I'm in idea sharing mode. I, I One of the other things I said in my speech yesterday was, I don't want the people of Ontario to not have a full and fair opportunity to know what each one of the party leaders and parties would do, where they want to take, where we want to take Ontario. That's why I've also called for a minimum of four leaders debates during the election campaign. I think that would give all of us the chance to provide thoughtful answers so people in Ontario can know who's got the competence, who's got the capacity, who's got the self-awareness to govern this province on the other side of this pandemic instead of slick ads that are attacking each other. Let's actually give people ideas about where we want to take the province and then let the people decide. I have faith in people. If we have a straight up campaign where we have a respectful discussion, share our thoughtful ideas, and I lose that election campaign, you got to trust the people and they are right in a democracy. But I feel really good about Ontario Liberals, where we are, and the ideas we're going to keep putting in the window that will be bold and will be relatable for people right across this province. So will your campaign just finally, Mr. Del Duca, kind of be looking forward then and uh, past the pandemic uh, next spring and how uh, Ontario is rebuilding and uh, doing after uh, hopefully the uh, pandemic, depending, of course, where we are uh, in the spring? Or do you think that this campaign is going to be fought on the pandemic? Well, I think that there obviously will be questions raised about how leaders, how institutions, how the system responded to the pandemic. I think I think there's some really important work that needs to be done to examine how prepared or unprepared was our province for the pandemic. And that's not a shot at the existing government. I think that everybody can admit that we weren't as ready as we should have been for an emergency like a pandemic. So what are those lessons? But fundamentally, I think people, because I believe elections are forward looking, I think they're about the future, not the past. I think people are going to want to know what do we plan to do? Like, where do we each each of the leaders, each of the parties where do we plan to lead the province? What is that forward-looking vision that each of us has? How are we going to get there? What's it going to cost? Who's it going to benefit? I think those are the questions people want answered on some really, really big issues. And trying to campaign or govern looking in the rearview mirror, that's a real tough and not particularly productive thing to do. It's not how I'm going to campaign. It's not how I'd govern if I earn the chance to govern. But you know, we're going to keep being forward-looking and put bold ideas in the window because I think that's what people want to see. All right, just the first of undoubtedly many discussions as we work our way towards uh, the provincial campaign uh, this spring. Stephen Del Duca, Ontario Liberal Leader. Mr. Del Duca, appreciate it as always. Thanks so much. Thanks, Jeff. You take care. You as well. 
Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone. Like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.